Welcome to the MSEC podcast, the official podcast of the Military Child Education Coalition. My name's Tara Gleason, and I'm the producer. This podcast has been brought to you thanks to Fort Riley Spouses Club. In this episode, our MSEC military student consultant, Sue Lopez, sits down with Sergeant First Class Christina Manukin, the Equal Opportunity Advisor, who's currently serving at Fort Sill, Oklahoma. She shares how families and educators can build trusting relationships with LGBTQ students as they transition into and out of schools and communities. So good afternoon. My name is Sue Lopez and I will be your host for the Military Child Education Coalition podcast. And today I have Sergeant First Class Christina Manukin, who mm-hmm. is the Equal Opportunity Advisor of Fort Sill, Oklahoma. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? Great. Thank you for joining us. And I really appreciate you being willing to talk with us today about how we can support LGBTQ students um, as they transition into and out of school districts and into and out of communities. And so um, my first question would just be, can you tell me a little bit about yourself and your family? Um, sure. So a little bit about myself, you know, um, as you said, I'm Sergeant First Class Manukin. I, I currently serve as the Equal Opportunity Advisor of the 428 Brigade here at Fort Sill, Oklahoma. So it's a a field artillery training brigade, and my job is to handle discrimination and and the overall climate of the organization to make sure people are treated fairly. So I have a very unique family. I have my wife Kim, which so I'm trans woman. She's actually a heterosexual female, but we chose to maintain our marriage um, since coming out. And we have three kids between us. Right, the oldest is Shane. That's that's her son um, from previous marriage. And then we have my my daughter uh, from previous marriage, same age as, as Shane, and she's transgender, came out just a few years ago, about a year and a half to two years ago, and I kind of helped her through that. And then we have our youngest daughter together, and she's 16 years old, Emma. Um, she's a sweetheart. She is. Uh, she was questioning for a while for gender identity, but she's actually, now she's cisgendered. She identifies as female, well, she was assigned at birth, and it just helped her kind of identify her sexual orientation as well. So she's come out as pansexual since then. So it's a very LGBT family just overall. And we're all supportive of each other and, and everything and often have discussions about about identities and about feelings and, and, and how everyone, how we're doing and how things may have changed over the last few weeks or months or things like that, just to make sure that we stay up to date with each with with each other as things can change, you know. Mm-hmm. And there is a lot to be said for having that safe, trusting environment in a family relationship. And so, thank you for sharing that. Would you like to say anything more about building a trusting family relationship and how parents who are receiving the news of their student who is newly identified, how they can build trusting relationships to maintain conversations in their family? and with their extended family and within their community? Sure. So um, when it comes to building that trust, because trust is paramount, you need everything you need to trust. It doesn't matter if you agree or disagree with someone gender transitioning or um, different sexualities. That's not the relevant part of trust, right? Um, you want someone that's going to be able to, that wants to come to you. You want your child to to trust you enough to say, hey, mom, hey, dad, this is how I'm feeling. And then you can have that discussion. The moment that you demonize that child or or the way they're feeling or dismiss them even, it might be as simple as being dismissive of it, like, oh, that's not a thing, or the case may be, then that child's 
they may not talk to you anymore. That doesn't mean that they are, they're over what they're feeling. It means they're over talking to you. You've broken that trust and they're going to have a hard time coming back, coming back to you. Um, I remember when I was growing up, I remember very, very well, I was like 11 years old and I walked into the kitchen and my, I don't even know what the context of the conversation that my dad and my sister, when my sisters were having at the time, but I remember walking in and he immediately pointed to me and he said, and if you were ever gay, I'd disown you. Now, again, I don't know the context of the conversation and he didn't seem to be saying it maliciously, but it's something that's stuck in my brain forever. It's I'm, I'm in my late thirties now and it's, it's still verbatim. I have it locked in my head. I can see it exactly how it played out. They and often that, say sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me. But statements like that stay and they linger. And mm -hmm. you then base your core beliefs off that statement. And you yeah. measure how you make decisions and how you live your life based off of that one comment. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And that's, that, that taught me lessons that I don't think he intended to teach me at the time. Um, and I, sh I sure didn't expect to learn. And that message wasn't how my, my dad does or does not feel about LGBT individuals. That lesson was, I can't talk to my dad about things that he doesn't, he feels the type of way about, whatever that might be. And so that damaged our relationship from then on without him necessarily even knowing it. And even that, that breaking of the trust, it's not even like I could come back and be like, hey, this is how I'm feeling. Because that trust is now broken. So now I don't even know if I could bring up the conversation about that and about how he said that and how that made me feel. So it's it's just a permanent damage. The 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 impact was greater than the intent of the words, um, and it's just it's damaged that relationship. And it's every time that I have to I I think about having a conversation um, with my dad, then that pops into my head. And as a parent, you don't want that to be that way with your kid. Again, it doesn't matter how you personally feel about gender transition or LGBT or any of these things. What you need is that trust. You need to be able to grow with your child so that you don't damage that relationship. As kids get older, people say like, well, I'm their parent forever. Yeah, but they don't have to be around you forever. Mm -hmm. True. Well, thank you for sharing that that personal story. Um, and it has probably shaped all the decisions that you've made and how you've approached them. In, in efforts to restore them, you make efforts not to say certain things to your children. And you've probably lessons learned that were not positive, but they did help you in your future in a certain way, navigate mm -hmm. the relationships that you have with your children today. So thank you for sharing that because it's, it's a key point for families to try to understand and, and how to start conversations. So with that in mind, if you were talking to a parent who was learning for the first time that their student is questioning or prefers a different pronoun, how would you navigate that conversation? How would you start the conversation? So I've had, I've actually had quite a few parents um, come and talk to me, even in military um, context, um, saying, hey, my kid's saying these things. And they come to me because I'm, you know, essentially the token trans at the time in the area. And it's fine. I'm all about answering these answering questions like that. But that's the question, hey, my my kid's saying this thing. And the the first thing I try to do is identify what their child is telling them, such as like, 
are they saying certain pronouns? And then I immediately start trying to use those pronouns that the kid is telling the parent they want them to use, no matter how many times that parent may misgender the child. And it, it, to me, it helps to get it right in their head and become and normalize it in their head and then have the conversation like, so we do the two sides here. So you have the parent side and the teacher side, right? As a parent, um, when my daughter started questioning her uh, gender identity, then I started having the conversation, okay, baby, so which pronouns would you prefer, right? She was 11 at the time. There's no medication she's going to take. There's nothing that's going to change medically. All it is right now is about respect and maintaining that trust relationship we have. So, um, and she's like, I don't know what pronouns I prefer right now. Okay, well, would you like to try on these pronouns? If you want, even if it's between just you and I, I'll start using these pronouns. And then you can see how comfortable you are with them. She agreed to that. And then those pronouns lasted about 12 hours until she decided that wasn't for her. And she went back to her um, cisgendered, um, gender sign at birth pronouns, she and her. Um, and she has never gone back, but that that established, like built that trust between her and I so much that she comes to me for all these things because it doesn't it doesn't hurt hurt me to not respect her but it hurts her when i don't respect her right you know and again, mutual respect my story. yeah it goes a long way mutual respect goes a long way and and then we also say in these in these parent child relationships or the teacher child relationships that um, i'm the parent or the teacher and they are the child but oftentimes that does not help build a relationship so mm-hmm. As, as a teacher and a school counselor myself, I do try to give my students mutual respect because I want to build the rapport and I want to build the relationship and want my my place to be a safe place for whatever the issue may be. Um, and so you can only start that with a trusting relationship um, where um, someone feels safe um, being with you or talking with you uh, regarding any topic, it could be a variety of things, but this is a, a a hard thing for people to navigate and to relearn and uh, to change a thought process that they had in their mind. Um, so thank you for sharing that because really it's about mutual respect and understanding one another and just making an effort to understand and support someone changes everything sure so for the other side like i said there's the the teacher side if i was going to give a recommendation to a teacher you're not going to make any medical decisions for this child Mm -hmm. you're not you just don't have the authority you're not the parent you know and so it's it's it should be easy for you to use the name and pronouns they prefer because that's literally all it is. It's just respect in the classroom. If they feel they're being disrespected in the classroom, they're not going to want to talk to you. They're, they're not going to have a hard time focusing on the schoolwork at hand because that trust is not established. So calling that child by their preferred name and pronouns, it's going to help build that trust. They, they, can, they will come to you if they have issues. But if they don't trust you, then if they're getting bullied in school for any other reason, they're not going to come to you. They can't trust you. If they're being, they're being picked on or they're, they're struggling with their assignments, that trust isn't there, so they're not going to want to see you at all. Um, and along with that, that student is likely going to multiple other classes during their school experience. And that one classroom, your classroom, that they're being respected in, that might be their only bit of respite from the torture of being treated differently and being called something differently and being disrespected. 
And I can't even imagine it, how children feel when they don't have any classrooms that do that. So going right. to work for multiple hours a day and just being misgendered constantly or disrespected constantly. I just imagine the torture it is. Just me going to work is that way, but I'm an adult and I can deal with all these things. All these children, they can't. They're, they're trying to learn their emotions at this point. You know, they shouldn't have to learn how to navigate other people's disrespect too. You're right. And that's um, a, a very good point is to be open and accepting, not tolerant, but accepting and to have a safe place for your students in the classroom because we don't want them to just survive we want them to thrive and mm -hmm. and if they do not feel comfortable in a classroom or out of school they're not going to thrive they're not going to give their best they're not going to be their best and so in efforts to keep them learning keep them engaged increase graduation rate records and rates and things success going to college you know a, a momentum forward to want to do more it just requires a little bit of rapport and relationship and teachers have our students for the majority of the day and sometimes they don't realize how much they impact students until later but they do have a large impact and so um, when we have this podcast we hope that teachers and and other administrators are listening as well because they deal with these these relationships every day and i appreciate you saying it's not about your personal preference and your thought or your idea um, or what basic construct you hold on your belief system. It's about in a school learning in a safe environment for all students. And so I really appreciate you saying that. And I would like to change the conversation a little bit more towards being a military family and, and being a soldier and how you navigate um, transitions um, in the military, transitions to new communities. Would you like to tell a little bit how you have successfully or maybe some lessons learned in transitioning to different communities for yourself and for your family? Um, sure. So military, obviously you move you move often, PCSing. And for transgender individuals, speaking for myself, like PCSing is one of the most stressful times and for some people it's stressful anyways because you're you're picking up your life you're moving you know the, the the common things packing up things unpacking things you know deciding where to put things in the house but when it comes to transgender individuals parents individuals and 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 kids it's more than that the the least stressful thing is packing up and moving the most stressful thing is i don't know how safe my community is and the military can be difficult because one thing being trans isn't considered EFMP, exceptional family member program. So it doesn't factor into your, your movement at all. Mm -hmm. um, I'm being assigned to an organization, to a post. I don't know how safe that place is. I don't know how safe and supportive the command team I'm going into is. I don't know how safe and supportive their, their family readiness group may be. And these are things that, that can be very difficult to find out. For mine, for me, being being a, a senior ranking transgender individual, then my um, PCS is always wrought with rumors. And I hear about them even when I'm overseas six months before I came to, to this unit. And to start with, I have a, I have a great unit and they're super supportive. But that doesn't mean the rumors stop. 
So six months before I became, then I started getting the rumors like, hey, I hear you're coming to Fort Hill. You know, oh, yeah, you know, which is a normal thing. But then it starts to be titled as, you know, oh, you're the new trans EOA coming. You're the new trans this, you're the new trans trans that. And it's like having to to teach people, one, you shouldn't just be referring to me as the trans anything. Like that wouldn't be good in a racial context. It's not good in a, a, a gender context, but that's what it becomes. I could become known as, you know, and it's going to be the same for students, you know, oh, you're the, the trans kid, you know, and if, if we don't have communities that are supportive, if we don't have organizations that we know are going to support them, you know, and, and then it's, it's, it's a roll of the dice every single move. It's terrifying, terrifying for kids, terrifying for the adults. You know, I got to go into work and hope, I hope it's safe. Mm-hmm. But on top of that, the extra worry is my kid has to go into school. Are they going to be safe? Are they going to get bullied? Are they going to actually be up? You know, um, and so it it, it it takes a lot of that 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 effort ahead of time before PCSing to contact schools, to contact school districts, to find out one which are the most supportive schools, and also two. What what are their complaint procedures? You know, when an, when an issue, which in this case for for trans individuals, it's it's not necessarily if an issue comes up is when when an issue arises, what are the procedures and steps I have to go through to get a situation solved? You know, mm-hmm. or to to hold someone accountable? Because once again, it's not it's not if when mm-hmm. and. And there's that component of ensuring in your research by asking the hard questions, by contacting the school principal, the school counselor, even the district office and asking what are your policies in your district on responsiveness. If this bullying situation came up, if a concern came up in the school, how can I expect you to proceed with your policies and how responsive will you be to the needs of my student as to every student and so i there's great value in in having those conversations and as you said as military families you're moving around you have the career you have the move you have the new position and and when everybody comes into a new position it's stressful Um, a new job a new title but it's the same for a spouse and a child as well they come in and you just people it's the human condition just to be known for who they are not to have that label but hey here i am i'm a human being um i am me are you going to accept me are you going to see the the positive qualities and assets that i bring as a human being not with a label and so that's the human condition we all desire to feel that kind of acceptance and Mm so um that starts with asking the hard questions to um, the people that make the decisions right So I uh, will share the resource to the Transgender Law Center. I will also share um, the resources for the National Equality Map um, attached to this webinar, our podcast, because I believe that that's something parents would need to to know about their state, where they're going, and help educate them about who to ask for help. So when you move uh, and you go through a, a deployment cycle or a PCS cycle, 
what are some of the community resources that you have learned to re rely upon? Probably the first one and simplest one, honestly, that I've used is the resource, military resource of, of living on the installation. Because even if people on the installation aren't necessarily accepting, mm -hmm. it's safer and there'll be a much better reaction with authorities on the installation because of the UCMJ standard that everyone's held to. So that's the first one, using the, the housing resources right, um, right. that are available to you. And it decreases your chance of getting evicted depending on what state you're in. Some states you can get evicted just for being trans. Yeah, I know. It's not it's not protected. So living on posts, you're not going to get evicted. That's that's one of the biggest things. That's honestly one of the primary resources I, I I go for. It's 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 difficult as military because as I said, like you don't you don't necessarily get to choose your location um, or or position. So I would look into the youth center on on the installation. Mm -hmm. And find out what policies they have for their advocacy groups. And if, if it's something they they programs they have, youth programs that a child can get involved in, and how respectful those programs would be for trans individuals. Mm -hmm. um, therefore, they can have an outlet for that. I would try to find any local LGBT organizations and try to find out what what local um, events and um, things that are they're held in the town that you can take your child to so they can so they can see more than just themselves in the mirror so they right. can they can find representation find a friend hopefully around their age that they can mm -hmm. be friends with and therefore they don't have to be worried about other other kids and how they would treat them right um, but trying to find those those resources of individuals so that you have someone to talk to even as a parent you know mm -hmm. or have another Wait. another person we have um shared in our, our past two podcast this month with Sadie and Brooke, um, PFLAG, as well as um, GSA and, um, oh goodness, um, the Gleason mm -hmm. uh, resources. And so uh, being bold enough for a student to maybe even talk to their school counselor and administrator about starting a club at school would be another great place to start to change the environment and and change the climate and the culture but that would take a very bold brave student and um and and i want to encourage students if they're listening or if their parents are listening to engage in supportive resources in your community as well and if one doesn't exist why not start one yep absolutely absolutely so we we will post those to this podcast as well and share those those pieces of information and resources I really appreciate you being with us today. Is there anything else that you want to share with us that you want to leave us with a thought? The biggest, the, the biggest thing, and I think I think I've already, I've already even said it, but I can't emphasize enough, is that respect is 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 paramount. You know, it doesn't it doesn't hurt you when you disrespect somebody, but it really, really hurts them. And you have to maintain that trust relationship between child and the teacher the child and the parent um if you if you don't you've lost them and when it comes to family if you can't change minds it's rough but if you can't change minds don't be afraid to cut ties mm -hmm. sometimes it may be a last effort but sometimes that cutting ties is what it, it's what brought me better mental health mm -hmm. is 
not trying to maintain relationships that were toxic, including with with family. And and it is a heart issue. It's not a main, uh, a mind issue. It's sometimes we can't wrap our brains around something that we grew up knowing, knowing as our core belief or thought, but we can always change our heart condition mm-hmm. um, to be to be more inclusive, to be accepting and to desire to want to save that relationship because you find value in it. And that is all about building trust and maintaining trust and um, making all efforts to to truly care for a person and accept them for who they are. And I think that that's a beautiful thing that we can accept each other for who we are because no one wants a cookie cutter. Yep. There's, there's so much. I really appreciate you being with us today and offering your words of wisdom and your experience in your story from childhood to now in your professional career. And, mm-hmm. and from what I'm hearing you say is that you want to be known as Sergeant First Class Manukin by your merit and by who you are, um, mm-hmm. your profession, not by a title that someone gives you. So I would say thank you for the work that you're doing, for the groundwork that you're, you're, you're laying um, in the military to support all soldiers and their families. And I know the road is not easy, um, but I do want to thank you for, for what you're doing as an equal opportunity advisor. Um, we need more of you. <laughs> so thank you for being with us today. Um, I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. You've been listening to the MSEC podcast. This podcast has been brought to you thanks to the Fort Riley Spouses Club. You can listen to this podcast and those archived by topic when you subscribe and download at Podbean, iTunes, MSEC, all military connected children by educating, advocating, and collaborating to resolve education challenges associated with the military lifestyle. Learn more about our partnerships, programs, and initiatives at militarychild.org. Follow us on social media at Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Instagram for the latest on our enduring mission to serve the children of those who serve us all. Be sure to join us again next week. Thanks for listening.